This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, March 18th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. How does the U.S. healthcare system compare to national systems around the globe? In his new policy analysis, the Cato Institute's Director of Health and Welfare Studies, Michael Tanner, suggests that the grass is not always greener on the other side of the border. The WHO rankings of healthcare systems actually punishes the United States and other countries for out-of-pocket costs. That seems a little backwards. Well, part of the way the WHO ranks countries is based on how little or how free the health care actually is to people. They count it as a fairness issue. So things like out-of-pocket expenses count against a country. So do such uh, things as not having a progressive enough tax code uh, or not having sufficient anti-smoking campaigns. I mean, there's all sorts of things that have nothing whatsoever to do with the health care system that are part of the WHO rankings. Now, many countries control costs better than the United States, but that seems a bit of a distraction since those costs, the controls on those costs come at the expense of patients being able to decide when and where they see a doctor. How does the U.S. compare to national systems in terms of the government having the ability to restrict patient access to physicians? It's very cheap not to provide health care. If you don't provide the services, you can save a great deal of money. Uh, the U.S. Uh, gives people much more choice of physician than many other healthcare systems. You can look at countries like Spain, for example, where your doctor is assigned by virtue of where you live. You have a geographic assignment. You move into a neighborhood, you get a doctor assigned to you. You don't get a choice of physician. Like a public school? Sort of like a public school and with about the same impact on quality uh, in, in many cases. Uh, but we get much more choice of, of entry-level physician uh the plus far more choice in terms of uh, specialists and the, the sort of advanced care than in a great many countries. What does the Swiss experience show about market-oriented national healthcare systems? The Swiss have a very interesting system. First of all, uh, the Swiss system is, is private insurance. There isn't a, even a Medicare program or a Medicaid program, no government-run insurance program there at all. And there's no employer-provided insurance. All insurance is individually purchased. The government's role is to come in and basically and to subsidize people at the lowest income level so they can afford to participate in the private insurance market. Uh, partly as a result of this, uh, the Swiss are very exposed to the cost of insurance. They, they tend to move towards true insurance, where it protects against catastrophic illness and has a very high deductible. The average Swiss policy has a deductible of around $2,000 or more. Uh, that means the Swiss are very cost-conscious in the purchasing of their insurance. It's led them to a high degree of quality while spending about a third less than the U.S. How does that qualify for Switzerland as a national health care system? Well, they do have a system of nationwide regulation. Uh, they have a risk adjustment mechanism to help deal with people who have pre-existing conditions. Uh, if an insurance company takes uh, people who are uh, pre-existing conditions who are sick, they get a sort of a, a reimbursement at the expense of insurance companies that don't take people with pre-existing conditions. Then they have a, an individual mandate, but that's relatively recent. They put in about uh, three or four years ago an individual mandate to purchase insurance, and that has started to break up some of the, the things with the Swiss insurance system. The doctor's cartel there, as soon as the individual mandate went into place, immediately said, we have to start mandating in a whole bunch of additional procedures, which is driving up the cost of insurance there. Works a lot like Massachusetts. Robin Hansen suggests that 
the U.S. essentially could cut healthcare spending in half and achieve basically the same outcomes. Now, if we were to wake up in a completely deregulated market for healthcare uh, and health insurance tomorrow, do you have any inkling about whether total spending would go up or down? You know, I, I really don't know because there is no magic number that says how much we should spend on insurance. Right now we are on healthcare. Right now we spend about 17% of our GDP on healthcare. Maybe it should be 18% or maybe it should be 14%. I don't know the right number. That's what markets are set to determine. And people have a lot of idiosyncratic preferences. The experts can sit out there and say, well, this isn't an efficient use of money. There's too much waste in the system. But sometimes people want that waste in the system. You know, people buy automobiles with all sorts of fancy gadgets in there that aren't necessarily adding to efficiency. You can't just look at those sorts of things. You have to look at what do patients want in terms of bedside manner from their doctor, in terms of not being in the hospital for prolonged periods of time, and dealing with pain preferences. All those idiosyncratic issues belong to you. You decide how you're going to pay for them. That's what a market's for. The problem in this country is that we don't have a market, so those costs are off-put on other people, and that builds the inefficiencies into the system. Michael Tanner is Director of Health and Welfare Studies at the Cato Institute. His new analysis, The Grass is Not Always Greener, a look at national health care systems around the world, is available for download at our website, cato.org.